0: Are there dragon myths within the biblical text, specifically the Holy Bible? We're going to talk about that today. What does that mean for our faith? Uh, Whether you choose to believe the Bible as uh, absolute historical truth or you take it as a mythology or an esoteric understanding of uh, faith systems. Uh, This is going to be a great episode today to just kind of open our, our collective minds up uh, to the possibilities of what are in the Bible. And so uh, with that said, welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, where we discuss faith, spirituality, paranormal, and mythologies every single day here on the podcast with an open mind, love, and light, and all inclusion to all faiths, races, orientations, and walks of life. Uh, we don't care where you're from, who you're married to, where you do or don't go to church, As long as you're here in love and light, that is exactly why we're here, guys. So, we've got a great episode today, and uh, I want to get into it right away here. If you guys have questions, drop them down below. Angel Appleseed, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Christopher, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Francis, thanks for joining. Um, With that said, guys, this is a live, raw podcast, so um, anything can happen. Dogs can bark, people could ring my doorbell. Um, we could have, uh, trolls in the comments if we do just, uh, ignore them and love them. That's the best thing to do. That's what I'm learning. So, uh, but with that said, like, we're going to get into this and we're going to look at some things that are, um, uh, really challenging to our faith, especially if you're like me and you grew up in like, uh, the Western doctrinization of the church. Um, and so I grew up Methodist uh nothing wrong with that but um my wife grew up catholic nothing wrong with that and uh our belief systems are pretty much the same uh the sermons we hear pretty much the same the uh doctrine is pretty much the same and while there are some differences essentially um all of our modern western traditions of faith uh specifically anything that stems from Uh, Church of England or the Catholic Church, even on into your evangelical and your non-denominational, they all believe uh, the mythology of Yahweh being the Father of Christ. And that is a theory that I'm working with, and a lot of the data that I've found um, really allude to the idea that he's not, uh, and that Jesus actually came to bring a new God a new understanding, a new way of life. Um, And there is a ton of scriptural evidence for that. I'm not gonna get into that today because it's not my mission to prove that. It's my mission to open your mind up so that you can see both sides of the coin uh, and create your own mythos in your life, uh, which is gonna affect your worldview, your actions, your thoughts, your emotions, your spiritual energies, all of that. What you agree to, whether you know it or not, is going to affect your life in profound ways so uh with that said uh what i'm going to share today again all respect like if you believe yahweh is the absolute father of jesus uh and he came to fulfill that then that's fine um but again what i'm going to present today is going to show uh we're going to look at yahweh the dragon rather than uh yahweh the father because um Personally, just so you guys know, I don't see any way, any way that Yahweh is the father that Christ spoke of. I I don't see it. I can't buy it anymore. I struggled with Jesus for so long because I tried to attach him to uh, this Yahweh character. And even a lot of my friends who are atheists and agnostic uh, just could never understand how I served a God who is so seemingly evil in the Old Testament, Uh, kind of this bipolar, bloodthirsty, uh, creature. And, uh, the more I got into studying biblical theology, um, I've taken several courses. I've, uh, taught a professional Bible study with a church for a long time. And the more I studied and steeped myself in this over the last couple of years, I finally came to this understanding that I'm like, Yahweh is not who we think. Like it, it, he fits the description of the great deceiver or the dragon, much better than anything else in the Bible. And so, um, it's interesting. Uh, so that's kind of what we're going to get into today and look into the mythology of that. Now I want to define the term mythology, by the way, it's a collection of myths, especially one belonging to a particular religious or cultural tradition. Uh, And so what is a myth? A myth is a traditional story, especially one concerning the early history of a people or explaining some natural or social phenomenon and typically involving supernatural beings and events. So when I call Old Testament uh, myth or even New Testament myth, uh, that's not disrespect. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying that we have an amalgamation of a lot of different cultures. And if you think about... Where all of the events of the Bible took place, you have a melting pot of all of these different cultures. You had Babylonian, Sumerian, um, you had Greek, you had Roman, you had Egyptian, you had like all of these things melting in this one pot, Uh, similar to how we are here in the United States right now. And so you had all of these different mythologies coming together. Uh, to build this understanding. And a lot of the ancient writings were based on those. And then as people gained understanding or control, in some cases, uh, they changed those things to meet their narrative. This is not conspiracy, by the way. That's not what my channel is about. This is literally, uh, that's just how the history unfolded. You know, if you look at the uh, canonization of the Bible, um, and you actually look into the story and the motives of the men that did it, and then you realize where like the word of God came from when we call the Bible, the word of God, uh, that's straight out of like King James had his name on it and wanted to make sure that he gave a gift to the people. Cause he was not very well liked, uh, that had his name on it and was called the word of God. And then here we are, uh, you know, hundreds of years later and we still in all our churches call it the word of God when the word of God, again, is the logos of God, the divine expression or computation, it's something much more mystical than uh, a written scripture, because within the Bible, it never says, you know, in the beginning it was the Bible and the Bible was with God and the Bible was God. It says the word, the logos, the expression, fully present in the Christ. Um, And so that's kind of where I approach all of this. And whether you agree with me or not, Uh, I hope that this is an open-minded study as we continue forward. This is the stuff I'm really passionate about, especially when we look at mythologies and trying to understand these mythical creatures. We're going to look at uh, Quetzalcoatl this morning. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-C-O-A-T-L, Quetzalcoatl. And all of this, guys, it, it ties together seamlessly. This is a can of worms that I cannot express enough how you have to have an open mind going down this rabbit hole. If you are someone who needs comfort and consistency, this is not the channel for you because we, we just like open it up here and look at all the different possibilities and specifically the mythologies because, um, it's very, very interesting. And and that brings me to the definition of the word mythos. The word mythos, um, is a set of beliefs or assumptions about something And so that really stems from the myth and the mythology, uh, and while it can be contained within them, it can also be separate from them. You literally have your own mythos about your position within your family. You have your own mythos about your position within society. You have your own mythos about yourself as either a sinful being who needs a savior or a divine being who wants to enlighten the world and bring light to the world. Like those are different mythoses about people and it doesn't make them any less real to the person who has that mythos. The person who believes that they are a sinful creature, worms in a bucket and they need a savior and thank God for Jesus. That is the reality they live in. And they find themselves in so much sin and so much doubt, so much fear and they run to Jesus and they find this savior and they find love and light in him. And that's wonderful. And I'm not here to refute that. Uh, But on the same token, the person who wakes up one morning and realizes I'm a part of God, I have the divine spark within me. uh, I can manifest love and light and oneness, and I can transcend all of these sinful desires and natures uh, that my flesh has. And I can step into this divine unity and become a Christ myself and actually be in Christ, as he said, uh that's that's their reality too and then they struggle less with sin they find more overflow they find more abundance and they unify themselves with the Christ rather than worshiping the Christ it's a unity um and so uh though and again i'm not saying either one of those is wrong because you're going to develop a reality around that and a set of mythos and understandings and agreements on that subject so with that said as i move my chair and actually get it off the carpet here. Um, you know, again, I'm not here to refute, uh, how people view themselves. This is merely, I'm going to give you different sides of the coin so that you can decide where your mythos lies. So, uh, there's a reason why human beings are, uh, devolving and why ancient civilizations were so far advanced. Absolutely. Robert, I agree with that. Um, Please get into how Yahweh is not the Father. Old Lion says, you bet. That's that's what we're going to do today. And again, I really want to start. I want to present this with authority because I have studied it. I've looked into it. I have more understanding than a lot of people do. And that's not like a, a you know, a look at me. I'm some sort of wonderful, smart person. It's just like I nobody that I know was more deeply concerned with the belief systems that we have than me because I watched what they produced. They produced in me addictions, self hatred, uh, distrust, and dislike of others. Uh, they produced horrible, horrible patterns that led me into to really severe health problems. Uh, they produced unhealthy relationships. They produced me seeking outside of the things that God said was holy, um, and so I had a problem with that. And that's really where this deep seeking began. And I started with biblical literature. And then as I found the book of Enoch, which I read in college, um, I broke away and kind of went, well, there's this whole, you know, apocrypha type literature. Substance says preach. That's what's up. Thank you. Um, Christina says so many Egyptian dreams last night. Uh, they are and were so beyond us. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh Diapers for Jesus or diapers from Jesus uh, says what dragons here for this? Uh, Enoch is the stuff man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, this whole mythology of dragons is something that is so ancient and it's so steeped in our culture. And there are a couple of theories on that. One theory is ancient astronaut theory, and it's the theory that these creatures didn't actually exist, but they were large spaceships spewing fire and smoke. Uh, they were visiting humanity, helping humanity evolve along. They were by all intents and purposes the gods or the angels or the sons of God. Now, again, that may be hard to buy. You're like, whoa, what? That, that's crazy. Well, I'm just giving you one of the theories. And I take into account all these theories when I build my mythos, by the way. Yeah, reptilians is is one uh, you know idea that these weren't really like dragons with long tails and snouts, but that's more of the spiritual representation of them. Because we all have like a spiritual counterpart or a next realm counterpart. I look different within the astral realm than I do within the physical realm. And if you look into like uh, Eastern mysticism and yogis, you understand that you have like three different bodies. You have your physical body, your astral body, and then like a spiritual body that your soul then transcends through. And I don't understand it exactly, but I'm just saying that's like, so the idea of like this image of a dragon Um, could have actually been more of an elongated spaceship type thing with the long snout on it. We see this in movies, and you say, oh, you're just getting that from movies. Movies got it from somewhere. Consciousness is connected universally. You don't have an idea that is your own. You're downloading that idea from a divine or a unique intelligence outside of yourself because we're receivers here. And while you have a brain, that brain is merely a computer tapping into an internet of all things energies and divine beings within the universe and i believe christ came and taught us how to tap into the father the fractal energy of god the divinity of god uh rather than trying to download from all of these ancient entities that were by all intents and purposes sons of god fallen angels and i'm going to read some stuff this morning uh that really to me suggests that yahweh is kind of the king of these angels these fallen angels um and so again we can we can get into this mythology and a lot of people take it and they think like oh this is an evil you know teaching this isn't the teaching of Christ and so like whatever you believe it as um i'm just here to present the information <clears throat> excuse me so again for me i'm building my own mythos based on like all of this information because i see the huge world of mythologies And I understand that the the Bible is not a linear, perfect representation of history. It is sometimes esoteric, sometimes spiritual, sometimes literal, uh, sometimes philosophical, sometimes is mythological in nature. So we have to kind of approach it that way for the purpose of my channel. So getting into the list of dragons, we have... Uh, Anatolian dragons, Arabian dragons, Armenian dragons, Babylonian dragons, uh, Lev- Levi- Levantine dragons. So like the Levites, uh, Persian dragons, Sumerian dragons, uh, Albanian dragons, Alpine dragons, Catalan dragons, uh, Husvan dragons, French dragons, Germanic dragons, by, by the way, of a Germanic descent here, the Germanic dragons, that's what's up because there's like way more germanic dragons than any other i mean literally there's like a a whole page on wikipedia of european and germanian dragons so germanic dragons uh crazy crazy cool stuff here you know you get them on all the crests and stuff chinese dragons japanese dragons korean dragons uh Kemmer dragons in southeast asia filipino dragons vietnamese dragons Then you get into Native American dragons, European American dragons, Mesoamerican dragons, Brazilian dragons, uh, Paraguayan dragons, Inca dragons, uh, Mapuche dragons. I'm sure I'm butchering some of these uh, in the pronunciation. West African dragons, Egyptian dragons, uh, Nenaga dragons, South African dragons, uh, Tesogna dragons. And Polynesian and Aboriginal or Australian dragons, which I've talked about, the Rainbow Serpent, the dragon-like deity seen as the giver of life, due to its association with water and the rain. That is super similar to El uh, which was seen as like a bull or the god of gods, uh, also represented by water um, and like you know the the divine vibration in that water. Uh, of course, baptism representation of that. So, uh, we'll, we'll work backwards in this Of course, Polynesian dragons, you know, you guys have probably heard some of those, um, some of these I've never heard of, and I cannot pronounce most of these. So, um, even the Germanic dragons, uh, very hard for me to pronounce, but this is a list on Wikipedia. Uh, you can go wikipedia.org slash wiki slash list of dragons in mythology and folklore with underscores between each word on that last part. Um, and this, it just opens up a whole world of going like, wait a minute, dragons are like a thing in every culture. So, um, pretty interesting. Um, so let's see any other comments. Okay. Good deal. Just check and make sure I don't miss anything here. Um, so even, you know, dragons have always been associated. And by the way, not all dragons are bad. Like a lot of these dragons are good. They're bringers of life and wisdom, even the serpent in the garden of eden can be viewed as a type of dragon some people have aligned him with like uh quetzalcoatl uh and quetzalcoatl is um it's uh spanish pronounced quetzalcoatl um and let's see da, 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 da. uh in honorific form he is a deity in aztec culture and literature whose name comes from na uh, nanutal language which means precious serpent. um let's see quetzalcoatl in its literal sense means serpent of precious feathers uh but it and and then in the allegorical sense means wisest of men so um a lot of people have attached this idea of quetzalcoatl to the serpent in the garden of eden um the planet that it's associated with is venus the morning star Now, this is, remember the verse, uh, you know, the bright and morning star, right? Um, And we get the idea of Lucifer from that, Luciferianism. I'm going to do a whole series on Lucifer soon. Uh, Lucifer is a light bringer, by the way, not as the prince of darkness, because we don't really have any representation of him being the prince of darkness. Uh, He's actually coming against Yahweh in In the mythologies that i've I've looked into within the biblical text, you see that Lucifer is actually bringing the light against Yahweh against the darkness and the clouds and the smoke and the fire of Yahweh and returning light back to the people, much as the serpent did in the Garden of Eden, giving them the knowledge, making them realize that they're no different than that God they were serving um, and so and again that God being Yahweh walking with. Uh Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, so why is that important? Because I'm not the first person to come up with this theory. I had this theory in the shower one day, started reading the Bible in this manner uh in a in a wider mythological manner and, and an understanding of like what was Jesus really saying that was That was how I approached it like you know I've heard my whole life the the basic message of christ and and people try to reconcile the deeds of the God in the Old Testament with him. And I never understood that. It didn't sit well with me. And so I decided to just try to read the words of Christ. And as I went through the Gospels and, and read purely the words of Christ, I started to see a stark comparison between uh, what the God that he was talking about, the Father, Abba, or Theos. Um, we can tie that easily to the to another God in the Old Testament, El, or El Elyon, which was talked about by Melchizedek and worshiped by him. Um, And he was more of a spirit God. He was not someone you could stand in front of or walk with in the cool of the day as in the Garden of Eden. He was not someone that you could have a conversation with face to face uh, because no one has seen the father except for the son. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's like it just started to bring up all these questions. And, of course, there's some really good theologians that can just argue all day long that have such a deep commitment to defending, like, this 2,000 years of tradition that we've built rather than going, wait a minute, something's not right here. And a lot of people, yeah, polarity, absolutely, Robert. Uh, And a lot of people try to adopt the idea that God is everything. God is evil and God is good. And I don't buy that either because Christ said, you know, Uh, there is no darkness in my father, in him there is light, Um, you know, darkness cannot dwell. Like, he didn't show a duality in God whatsoever. He showed an absolute resolve for light and love and forgiveness and acceptance and uh, following the law, the letter of the religious law, based on the law of love rather than uh, the one, two, three steps that, that the law gave birth to and literally even spoke about sin being something that we've agreed to because we follow this religious law rather than stepping into the vibration of love and actually emanating that from us uh which which inherently melts away sin uh or burns away sin however you want to look at it you if you hear about burning karma like burning the karmic cycles it's like when you learn lessons and you step into love deeper and deeper and deeper you like you transcend like these deeper desires that you have to like uh, you know, go out and you know whatever that is, you know money uh you know sex drugs, rock and roll, all of that stuff like you you kind of transcend that and you find that you know this earth is not your home, you are spirit, you are connected to the divine, you are one with the divine, and you literally begin to transcend that sin, and so it's like you know Christ said, you know in me. Uh, you know, no one comes to the father except through me. And like, when you step into that vibration, into that understanding, then you can approach the father fully and purely. And it's just a beautiful place to be in. And I wish I had understood this from a younger age. I would have made a lot less mistakes in my life. um, And I would have had a smooth marriage from day one, rather than, you know, having a rocky marriage and uh, almost losing my marriage, almost losing my own life, because I hated myself so much. And, it really is a testament to me to like what that old religious law does to a person. When you even like have that in mind, it just really destroys your sense of identity in my experience. So uh, like apples of gold and silver carvings uh, is a word spoken at the right time. Absolutely. So um, with this, uh, you know, dragons uh, have often had the lore of liking gold and silver. If you watch, uh the the hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, the newer ones. You know, uh the dragon played by Bene- Benedict Cumberpatch, uh none other than Doctor Strange himself, uh, loves that gold, swimming in that gold. And we see in the Old Testament people brought gold and silver offerings to Yahweh. We see uh that he he required uh sacrifices, like literal unaliving sacrifices, horrific things we would never consider doing today. Uh, well, most people would never consider doing, um, unfortunately there are people that consider doing that, but that's for another episode, which I don't like to get into that. But, uh, for me, uh, I just see that it's a huge stark contrast and any, there's even a verse here I have pulled up where through Moses, um, through the law of Moses and through the word of Yahweh here. Um, there uh, he's taking vengeance on Midian, uh, and he says, "Look, these women caused the sons of Israel through the council of Balaam to turn unfaithfully against Yahweh uh, at Peor, so that the plague struck the congregation of Yahweh. So now, unalive the boys as well as every woman who has had relations with a man, but spare yourselves every girl who has not had relations with a man, and keep them for yourself." And it's like, wait, what? what, what does this mean? What, what is like, how is this relevant to faith, to, uh, loving each other and finding enlightenment and peace in the world? Like, I don't understand. Um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, um, again, and you can go read this. This is numbers thirty one eighteen is the actual verse. Um, and again, I don't see how that fits into like this all father, Uh, divine being uh, who is spirit and truth like that, that doesn't jive with me. And you can say, well, that's cause you don't understand. You don't understand all the prophecies fulfilled and everything. Well, I believe that the fullness of God fulfills every prophecy. And had he dropped in another time and place, which I think he did many times, he fulfilled any other uh, alien God prophecies or extraterrestrial God prophecies or ancient God prophecies or whatever you want to call them. Again, this you can take these dragons as extraterrestrial, uh literal reptilians or literal spaceships, or you can take them as mythological representations of like the, the demiurge, if you've heard me talk about that with uh Yaldabaoth, the beast god, uh Demiurge and, and evokes that idea too of like the you know, the 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 godlike urge, you know, within all of us kind of has this deeper like leads you into dark places. Like when you're serving that ego, the Demi urge. Um, anyway, uh, if Christianity starts giving away dragons, it might actually have a revival. Well, that's possible. Yeah, that's possible. So, um, and that's definitely not what I'm trying to do. I don't believe that we need a revival within that system. I believe that we need a revival within uh true spirituality and true connection to the divine. And so that's what, and that's what I believe Christ came to do by the way, not uh revive a church that's already operating on uh inconsistent data you know if you do that with a computer it'll crash right and i think we're seeing that within a lot of these systems of control that have been built and again not in a conspiratorial way but just in in an evolutionary way when you have systems that operate on incorrect data it creates problems within the people that follow it or within the the entity itself most of these entities have become large enough that they can continue to fund uh whatever they need to um but then it's the people in my opinion like like with me growing growing up in that system who ultimately suffered uh you know a lot of uh patterns of sin, couldn't get away from it, a lot of addictions things like that like it just I struggled so deeply, and I aligned with like Paul when he says you know, I do the thing which I hate, like, you know, I always step towards that sin in some way, and uh, while I'm certainly not perfect now, I certainly um, don't have the appetite that I did for things like that, I don't, you know, uh, alcohol specifically was like something that I could feel a demonic hold on me, you know, my wife could tell that it was like something changed when when I would drink, and we actually have friends in our circle now who are dealing with the same type of of issues with within their uh marriages, you know, as far as uh drinking being like a god, it's like this place you can go hide, and it's it's actually so self loathing that the person doing it doesn't see it so um anyway, so that's kind of where i'm I'm approaching all of this is like what good is a god? That does nothing but breathe fire and damnation upon the world. And so that's kind of where I approach this. Um uh, guys, let's not. Come on, Abel, out. I have a podcast. There you go. go on. Okay. Speaking of beasts, uh, my dogs. They were really quiet when I started this today. But so Just doing a quick search for the word dragon in the Bible says um, in Isaiah 27, one in that day, the Lord with his uh, hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's just another reference to the dragon. Of course, revelation, the great dragon here. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Okay, so that's where I get the idea that Yahweh is the great dragon and he's basically the leader of the fallen angels if you tie in Enoch with this. Now, how do I get that from that? Well, you're just taking that out of context. Well, of course I am, but but I'm combining a lot of other verses and understandings. And so I'm going to read this verse that Jesus spoke that I believe is a direct tie-in to that. Um, And so what's interesting is you've got Revelation here. In fact, I'm going to copy and paste that into this document that I'm building. Uh, You've got Revelation here. Talking about this great dragon, and so in John eight forty one through forty four in the World English Bible, it says, "If God were your father," he's talking to, uh, you know, of course, the people are about to throw stones at him. Uh, he's speaking to the leaders of religious law, uh, of course, the the Hebraic system, uh, and and the followers of Yahweh, the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, why did Jacob wrestle with God? How does he wrestle with God? Is that just a spiritual thing, or if he's physically wrestling with him? Uh, then he had to be a physical being that he could wrestle with. And if you actually look at the translation of that, he wrestled with Yahweh, not with L. So, um, if God were your father, you would love me for, I came out for, I came out and have come from God, came out of God and from God for, I haven't come of myself, but he who sent me. Why don't you understand my speech because you can't hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, if you want to do the desires and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and doesn't stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks on his own and he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so right here it's uh, to me it's just plainly obvious especially with all the other data I have which I'm not going to get into on this one. But if you haven't watched my Yall to Bayoth video where I compare and contrast all these different verses, it's over on my YouTube channel. You can find that at cubcooker.com, c u b k u k e r.com. Um you can go check that out and it'll give you like all the verses back and forth. But for from here he's saying, you know, from the beginning he did nothing but alive, unalive people. Uh, he didn't stand for truth, Uh, he speaks lie, he he speaks on his own, Uh, he is a liar and the father of lies, so um, what is the, you know, to me that ties into this great dragon, he was thrown down, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, Uh, Satan is the god of this world, there's another verse that says that, and so to me you can, by deduction and logical reasoning, if you're trying to understand the story and the mythology of the bible as a whole whole text then it makes perfect sense that uh he's literally talking to them who are following yahweh and he's saying your father your god is the devil and they're about to unalive him they pick up stones and then he's hidden by the crowd and he escapes this is a pretty intense moment in biblical uh literature here so Uh, he just literally was calling them out for everything. Like, you know, the, the God of their ancestors, everything that they were doing. Um, yeah, I agree. Hebrew translated into Greek spoken in English presents many problems. The message is completely lost. Absolutely. And that's a big reason. Like, I think like everybody says, well, if God is good, then he would preserve his message. You know, we wouldn't be deceived. Well, like it's still there. The message is there. You just have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. You have to like approach the biblical text with with a non-bias like to look at like if you follow christ you know follow him if you follow yahweh follow him but i don't see how you can follow both like uh, even in the old testament it says for me and my house we will follow yahweh you know we will worship yahweh and it's like this moment of like which god are you going to serve because that's going to determine your outcome We see that Yahweh blesses. We see that he did some good things, but he also says, I bring forth blessings from dark places. I dwell in dark smoke. Um, And then Christ says that my father is, is light in him. There is no darkness at all. So there's literally, I I don't see it guys. I don't see how there's any way that this can be the same entity. And that's what I'm talking about, about building a mythos here today. These ideas of dragons are all over the world. It's not always cut and dry clear of is a dragon uh, dark and dangerous and evil or is a dragon full of light and um, ascension and uh, enlightenment. Um, And so I think that that's that's the ultimate message here is like, you know, you look at a dragon. It's not always just a dragon. Right. Like, again, there's dragons. uh, We see that like the serpent in the Garden of Eden may have actually been the good guy. We see that. Uh, lucifer is maybe not who we've made him in our culture we've got thousands of years of believing that lucifer is uh this you know fallen angel uh rather than he came down to earth he brought himself down to the level of humanity so that he could ascend humanity he did it in the garden Uh, he did it uh when christ came down Uh, he'll do it again he'll bring the light again in revelation against the the dragon against the god of old Um, and, and he himself even is in effect, a dragon, a, a a feathered serpent, a rainbow serpent, if you will. Like, again, I'm not saying all this is literally true. I'm just saying these are the mythologies you have to understand to build your operating system of your karmic imprint in your life. Uh, it's like a fingerprint that's going to be the operating system that you build every 10 or 12 years, uh, as you learn lessons as you adopt bigger ideologies and try to deeply understand the message of the gospel. Um, and, and this doesn't even include like, you know, the, the Bhagavad Gita I'm reading now and, uh, the message of Krishna, which I think is beautiful as well. Uh, I see the Christ energy in that a lot of people argue that like, well, Buddha's bones are still here on earth, uh, and Jesus ascended into heaven um you know i don't know i wasn't there do i believe that christ is the living christ absolutely but do i believe he's a spirit not i don't see that the person had to be taken up in a spaceship or ascended the ascension uh for me to follow that energy for me to embody that energy and step through that door of life to me i think people miss the point and it, and it may have literally happened and there may be part of that that, that really is a deeper meaning That i just don't understand and i'm willing to accept that but i'm just saying you know we've argued for thousands of years about the divinity and the humanity of jesus rather than understanding the energy of the christ rather than understanding the mythologies of all of these ancient entities and beasts and dragons and the mythologies and the lores and the possible spaceships coming down upon the earth seeding humanity evolving humanity manipulating humanity even genetically as we see in uh the fallen angels the watchers uh so what's up jason how are you doing my friend this light bringer taught us to to develop uh no well that yeah well that would be yahweh i mean if you look at yahweh and you look at the fallen angels they taught us to develop uh things to unalive each other all of the negative things that we use Lucifer never did that, though, that I can find. And we're going to do a deeper Lucifer study. Uh, And I'm not, you know, uh, of course, if the world worships Satan, right? And and you have all of these. Okay, if if this theory I have is right, that's a big if. I can't prove it. I may never prove it, but I'm just saying this is how I operate. If I'm right. And by the way, if Marcion who was one of the first writers of the early church, the very, 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 very first. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of theologians, a very small group of them, but ones that really dig deep, understand that Marcion was actually had the first gospel, the original gospel. And then that was taken and broken apart and written with a certain point of view to make sure that they could develop a system out of it. And then you get like the writings of Paul and everything after that. And some people say that uh, even the writings of Paul have been manipulated so much to build that system of control and that Marcion was a contemporary and a follower of Paul and that he thought that Paul understood the true message of the Christ. uh, And Marcion wrote and believed and defended the idea that Christ brought a brand new God to the world, that it was not the God of the Old Testament. It was not the old God's. Um, how do I reconcile the Luciferian concept, uh, contempt of Christ? Um, so if you'll give me a verse on that old lion, um, I don't see that Christ has any contempt for Lucifer. I don't see that like, uh, definitely of Satan, definitely of the devil that, that entity, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. Michael, there are many light bearers. So, uh, so like, if you have a verse on that, I'd love to hear it. I've done a lot of research on this and I can't find one, but, uh, it doesn't mean it's not there. So, um, old lion says, no, Luciferians hate Yeshua. Um, I'm not talking about the, <laughs> the Luciferian movement that, that is a bunch of hooey in my opinion. There's somebody on uh TikTok that was talking about their experience as a Luciferian and how. Uh, all of the stuff like the music of the Beatles and all of that were a part of it. And I just, you know, I just don't get into that, guys, because I see the message of the Beatles being closer to the message of Christ than anyone. And so, you know, if you're not, if you're going to adopt that ideology, then I I don't understand where that comes from. Everybody will take a belief system and create another one out of it, create their own understanding, and then you end up with just this entire fractured, society because everybody's going to adopt uh, their bias opinion of it. So angels are light bearers. Not all angels are good, but there's all, not, also not all bad. Absolutely. Old lion says, right. So um, so with that, you know, the whole Luciferianism, I don't understand it, but the more I looked into it, I just went, this is like a really, really good tactic of the devil, of Satan, of even maybe Yahweh, if if I'm right on this to really confuse the world when it's actually more simple than, than it looks. It's, uh, anything that leads to life is of God. Anything that leads to unalivement is not of God. Like, um, and that's how you can have people that are light bringers that still lead to unaliving, uh, that still lead to decimation of the divinity of the human nature. Um, and so that's how I kind of reconcile it and try to understand it in a more simplistic way so uh this is why he is compared to the bright morning star it's the brightest as it is uh seen in the dawn absolutely um uh, and so that I, I for a long time was reading about like lucifer and christ going they're brothers they're brothers they have to be brothers and then i had a conversation with a friend of mine and he's like dude i don't think they're brothers like look i think it's him and i'm like wow that's you know so th- the idea that that L- christ is lucifer uh because he's bringing the light against the darkness like Again, how more simple could it be? Uh, oh no, it's not that simple. You don't understand all the doctrines and all the ties and all the prophecies. Like, uh, no, I don't. But I, I'm I'm smart enough, and I am I try to battle my own ignorance. Ignorance is merely just the lack of knowledge, and the more knowledge I gain towards understanding this, uh, the more clear it becomes. And again, we're going to do a study on Lucifer and try to really understand the character of Lucifer if it's actually Christ if it's something different if it's merely just a mythology that that really shouldn't be focused on too much because it's only a couple of times in the bible that Lucifer is even mentioned um so we're going to look at that too uh as we go forward i don't have all the data on that now to really speak on it other than what i just told you so um mormons believe Lucifer and Jesus are brothers yeah i can see that again i these are just all revelations too like i don't normally I don't normally go out and watch videos and try to like learn from other people. I normally ask God and then do my own research and reading. And then I have like a revelation or I go, wait a minute, I put that together and that makes sense. So like, I do feel like my work is somewhat inspired. I'm not saying it's like, this is the word of God, but like, I do feel like it's somewhat inspired because then I might see a video like, you know, a a week or two later that corroborates the revelation I had in the shower or something. And it's like a weird, serendipitous like synchronicity in the matrix type thing where I feel like truth is always shown Uh, I feel like that's the law of creation part of the law of creation is like truth always has to manifest itself to those who are in it Um, and I'm not talking about um, that this is true and this is not true I'm talking about truth as in like that essence of purity that essence of innocence that essence of light that essence of uh, our divine and true nature okay like uh, here's the deal. We all live a lie, right? Like we all operate on lies. Every single one of us has told a lie. Every single one of us believes a lie. It's somewhere in your life, somewhere in your operating system. So the more we meditate, the more we clear out ideologies and transcend limitations that don't serve that authentic light and that frequency of love and life in our life. Um, then you know when when we do we we practice spirituality, that's where I think you really get into uh the meat uh and potatoes of it, if you will uh is practicing spirituality. I heard uh George Harrison this morning I heard a whole video compilation of his understanding of when he went and met with the yogis in the east uh went with the Beatles he kind of had this whole story laid out um and the transcendental meditation they did. You have a lot of people that are like, you know, of the Luciferian mindset that that stuff is evil. It's of the devil. You just clear your mind and Satan takes over. And and again, I beg to differ. I think the deception of Satan is that it is worldwide. It is widely adopted. It is most people believe that in some form or fashion. They either serve into the religious system of it, the political system of it, the monetary system of it, or the ego system of it. Uh, one form or fashion they're serving into it um, and and those that decide to stop, quiet themselves, clear out limitations, clear out their own brain thoughts and tap into the divine mind and transcend this place of ego and self can actually find that authentic reality. I prefer to say authentic reality over truth because, again, we all believe lies in some form or fashion. Uh, because all the data that you have in your life now is not accurate. All the data I have is not accurate because I just don't I don't have it all, right? We may never have it all. So we have to operate on the best possible outcome given the data we have. If you're a computer, you're crunching these numbers all day long, uh, and you're going to try to come, find the best possible outcome of the program you're given. I say we build a better program. I think that's what Jesus came to share with us to get us to operate on correct data about who we are and who God is in us. Um, let's see. Uh, Toby says, I tell people I'm good looking and they remind me I'm lying. LOL. Hey, great, great example there, man. A great example. Uh, Michael says either something made everything and everything came, uh, or everything came from nothing. Both are way beyond comprehension. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, King says, teach me the history, my brother. I I wish I could teach you the history. Unfortunately, history is told by the winners. So I can't even teach you accurate history because nobody has access to it. We weren't there. That's why I call all of this mythology. Even, you know, just back as far as like World War II, that history, in my opinion, and and in my frame of reference for the, the purpose of this channel can be viewed as a mythology because you're going to get it told from a certain side. And the truth is never that black and white type thing. It is that multicolored rainbow. If you actually could comprehend and you could see in all the spectrums that we can't. We see this much visible spectrums of light. How much more do you think it's hard for us to actually see the big picture and understand the divine pattern that we're all a part of and when you look at one thing and you say that's evil or you look at one thing and you say that's good you don't understand the past present future representation or the transcendental representation of that so you look at history and you say this is exactly what happened and then a hundred years later you have a different version of that that's completely different same thing with our faiths and our religions here we have thousands of years of tradition uh you have many many different people that put their hands on it And I believe that the truth is within, the authentic reality is within. We can find that within ourselves. We can look at the words we have present within the Bible, the Gnostic texts, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever text you read spiritually, try to understand that authentic expression of reality within it. And to me, that's how we approach the Christ. That's how we embody him. Uh, That's how we love others and manifest beautiful fruit in the world. 74 Leathercraft says social media isn't the only thing that feeds you uh, what they want you hear or read. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so like it's a lot of its tradition, a lot of it's like your parents had an operating system that they programmed you into. And I propose one of the, the presumptions I make here is that I knew God. I intimately and purely and unadultered knew God when I was born. And maybe it was a matter of hours. Maybe it was a matter of days. I forgot that pure divine connection. I forgot that he was in me and I was in him because I was put into a system that began programming me from day one. As soon as I heard a radio broadcast, as soon as I heard the TV on, as soon as I heard my parents fight or argue over me, I couldn't even comprehend any of this stuff, but I was already being programmed into a system with data that is incomplete, ignorant, off point, out of context, whatever it was, the matrix, exactly. And so the idea, that's why I love Gnosticism, the idea that the Demiurge uh, made the matrix out of the divine creation, the place that we came from before we entered this matrix. It's our job to remember who we are, just like in Lion King, when, uh, when not Aslan, another lion, uh, when um, Mufasa says to Simba from the stars, he says, remember who you are. You know in that uh, James Earl Jones voice um, and I love that because like I think that that's our purpose here remember who we are and all in the middle of that we have all these mythologies and everything and I don't think it's my job to love Yahweh I think it's my job to love myself and others as Christ did and when we do that we can transcend any of these mythological gods be it as they are real or historical or physical it doesn't matter but we can maybe transcend that and find the spirit because he said, the time will come when you must worship my father in spirit and in truth. In fact, that time is now he said, uh, Jesus said that. And so again, we look at all of this thing with, with myths and legends and, um, dragons and mythologies. And I think that, uh, there's something in that we have to remember that we are creating every day. We are building our own mythos. You can look at it as your, your operating system. You can look at it as, uh, your understanding um, and you're going to take in data and add data. And if it doesn't compute together, you either got to keep adding data or put that other data in the trash folder, you know, maybe don't delete it, but like, you know, put it over here and say, I don't see how that serves into it right now. And if you guys like this idea and this concept, the way I approach things, we have a membership. If you love what I'm doing, it's 29 99 a month. It's called the mythos membership and the mythos membership Is really really interesting it's something that kind of stemmed from this idea of a team that we're a team here but I had a a revelation and epiphany on it the other night as we came out of Halloween that we all have a mythos and the best way to understand that is that we manifest ourselves or you manifest yourself through holistic original spirituality And my idea with this membership was to get back to original spirituality, not religious doctrine and dogma, but original spirituality where we do things together like meditate. We actually engage as a community. And with this uh, for the monthly price, it is a recurring membership. It supports what we're doing, but you also get some really cool stuff. You're going to get mythos, exclusive virtual meetups, a private Facebook group. That's where everything's going to happen. If you guys have already signed up, You'll get an automated email so check your spam folders and everything it's going to invite you to the facebook group go over there you can request if it doesn't let you in immediately request access and i'll let you in that's where we're going to communicate we're going to chat over there uh you can ask questions we're going to have private live streams just for that community where we can meet up meet and greet type things Um, you'll get early access to any other material I'm working on. You also get a meditation video library that I'm working on that'll be in a coursework material format on the website. The link to that and the access code for that will be posted in the Facebook group. So everything is going to kind of be hinged off that Facebook group. The reason I did the Facebook group, we all have Facebook, right? So you you probably have one. If you don't have one, it's easy to start one. That's kind of the best place to communicate because... Uh, it's a safe place where we can all meet up and then I get notifications easier on there. Uh, also I believe that it's going to seamlessly translate into the metaverse when that's born. But the idea of this is like, I'm a spiritual seeker and creative, uh, and I want to help guide people through this process through Bible studies, faith-based media, um, finding the authentic God. And we're going to look at different things like Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Norse mythology, Greek mythology, and many more. And so this is really, again, building our mythos. Like how do you, a lot of people say, well, how do you come to these understandings, Cub? How did you find this? Like, how are you, uh, you know, some people say, oh, you're so smart. Oh, you, you don't know anything. Well, the the underlying thing with this is I, I just study with a certain point of view. And I also meditate and I pray and I do the practice of spirituality. And that's how I get like these downloads, these understandings, whatever you want to call them. Again, I don't claim to be a prophet or anything, but for me, it's all in doing that. And I want to do that as a community. And that's how we can do it as a community. Um, And so if you're interested in that, it's over at cubcougar.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Jason says, I wish I could stop eating unclean food, lol. You know, that's another thing we're going to approach, like diet, exercise, fasting, stuff like that over there. This is, again, a holistic approach to life that we're going to do as a community over there. And it's where I can teach with more authority. I can dig in and help people more. I have people message me all the time. Hey, I need personal advice. I can't give you personal advice, but I can mentor you over there in that group. I can mentor as a spiritual mentor someone who's been through hell and back i've passed a lot of tests i'm sure i have a lot more coming in life Uh, but i'm just willing to like put it out there and be that person that that other people need to kind of take their hand say hey you're not alone Uh, let's do this together let's be a mentor community and that's really how i approach it over there so um, with that you know it is important that we build our own mythos it's important that we understand things that it's not just understanding that came from our parents or for tr- from tradition but that we can rethink these these mythologies rethink what do they mean to us in a modern day society i don't go outside and literally see a dragon but i can read about this god in the old testament understand that you know he's a pretty destructive dragon has more in common with like what is it like apollyon in uh revelation than he does with the father that Christ is talking about. And I can't prove that I'm right on this, but I can say that I'm building a mythos and an operating system within myself uh, that is serving me at a much higher level than it than it did before. Um, and 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 I'm, I'm able to serve others in a much higher level than I did before. So that's the whole point of what I'm doing here. It really is the spiritual work. Right here on the podcast, you get more of the philosophical bent of all of this. And we we discuss it as a platform, an audio and video platform here. Uh, But again, within the community, we're going to do the spiritual work. We're going to do the meditations. We're going to do the transcending together. We're going to do the manifesting together. All of these things you hear about in the spiritual community, we get to do the work within that. So. If you like that, consider joining cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You'll be locked in at that price. So that is the everyday price, um, and I appreciate you guys and your support with that. We had people join yesterday. like It's been awesome. It's going to be such a a rich community over there of people just working together. If you can't afford that or you're not ready for that, we do have a free Facebook group. So you can go over to uh, cubcooker.com at the very top. There's a link that says free Facebook group. Just click on that. You can go join over there. That's where I can answer more of like the podcast type questions over there. Again, I can't do the mentoring in that group, but I can answer, you know, if if you want a verse, you know, to look up or something like that, or you have questions or an idea for a podcast, that's a great place where we can actually have that community. That's more of the podcast community uh, for people who maybe aren't sure of what my message is or they're not ready to join or Um, you know, maybe you're not ready to do that spiritual work on yourself and you're still in that mode of like research and development rather than actually testing the hypotheses. Um, then that's a great group for you. And again, that one's free. I always offer free stuff guys. So, uh, and yes, I repost the lives on the YouTube, by the way. Uh, again, over at my website, cubcooker.com has all the social medias at the top. There is an email there now. That email is my Cub Cooker podcast email, and that is for business inquiries only. Don't email me questions to that. Um, that's not what that's for. Like if you say you work for a company and you want to partner with me or sponsor me or something, that's what that's for. So just FYI. Uh, but if you do have questions for me, the, face, the free Facebook group is a great, great place for that. So um, to kind of end this idea of dragons, again, we have... Um, I highly recommend going and looking at the list of dragons and mythology just to understand that they served a deep purpose. Like people were a afraid of them, but people also worshipped them in some manner. Uh, they were myths and legends to keep people out of certain regions. They were possibly even real. They were maybe spiritually real. I don't know. Like um, I can't tell you what the authentic reality is on that, but I can look at all of them and go, Yeah, there's something there. Dragons certainly are real in some form or fashion, be it spiritually, physically, in an ancient time, in a mythological way, in an astral way. I don't know. But you got way too many pantheons of dragons over here to just pretend that they are all uh, just made up out of someone's head. Um, I can see that if you had just a few peoples that were close together, had one type of tradition, But the same thing with the pantheons of the gods. And I've talked about that multiple times. Uh, The gods or the sons of God or the angels or fallen angels. Again, both good and bad. You have pantheons of them that manifest themselves as different types of creatures and entities. And they're so similar across all the pantheons. And yes, there's differences. But there's so many similarities that like you can look at and go like, you know, this pantheon is similar to that one. And this one's similar to that one. And they're thousands of miles apart. How did they communicate on this? Like, and at a certain point you have to wonder like, were these gods really visiting people? Like, and then you see some of the ancient civilization buildings and, uh, some of the giant monolithic structures. And you go like, there's just no way that human hands built this. We can't even agree on what political party in this day and age. How did they do this back then? possibly they did, but more probably they have all of these pantheons of gods and they have writings and inscriptions that say that they were helped by then them. And then you have these huge megalithic structures, including the pyramids, by the way, how we built those. I just don't buy that. Uh, and so you end up with these kind of ideas in your head. And for me, that builds a bigger mythos in my life. It builds a bigger sense of wonder And I think we've been sold for a long time that we're alone on this little rock and we're the end-all be-all. And I think we're in the midst of a massive, massive pattern and an ancient narrative that is both past, present, and future, full of gods, extraterrestrials, mythical creatures, transcendental ideas, meditations, spiritual realms, astral planes, All of these things, I think, work together, again, in a beautiful, fractal nature of the mind of God. And you and I are a part of that. And what a beautiful, beautiful way to go into the rest of the day and realize that you're a part of that divine fractal. And if you don't know what a fractal is, look up fractals. And you begin to understand this, like, mathematical formula that is both beautiful and transcendental. You can zoom in as as long as you want to or zoom out as far as you want to. There is no limit. There's no beginning. There's no end. It is the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. It is so beautiful, and we get to be a part of that, guys. So whatever that means for me me, might be different for you, but I think that it's beautiful that we all get to do this together. So thank you for having an open mind. Fibonacci sequence, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having an open mind don't forget the dragons guys they're everywhere and they're not all good and they're not all bad just like angels so uh we can understand that at least from just reading a handful of the mythologies about them so uh begin to see in a world of color let's look at all the different spectrums of reality because they're there for those with eyes to see and ears to hear i love you guys you have a beautiful day i'll see you this afternoon 3 p.m central standard time like comment and subscribe be sure and share this with a friend or family member by the way the more people we get turned on to this channel that that are seeking that authentic reality that are questioning things that are deconstructing or reconstructing or constructing in the first place um, this is going to be a great place for them to jump off and kind of get the fullness of these ideas all the way around so thank you guys for being here for your support Um, and then look for more updates. You guys that are mythos members. We've got some awesome meditations and stuff coming this week. Everything will be announced in the Facebook group. I try not to send too many emails. So the Facebook group is where you definitely need to make sure you get in that as soon as you sign up, that's your responsibility to go get in that Facebook group. Um, and so I'll see you guys in there. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Peace.